Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Quarterback Factory, brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, Rachel Prevet, and I am joined by my awesome co-host and quarterback expert, Mark Schofield. So thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us. We're going to be talking about all things quarterbacks, specifically what's relevant to the Philadelphia Eagles. So first things first, Mark, how are you feeling on this lovely Tuesday morning? I'm feeling fantastic, Rachel. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to be doing this show with you. We're going to have so much fun doing it. And I do think at the outset, we need to take care of a little bit of business because as the gentle listeners know, uh, Michael Kist uh, and I used to do this show. And when we would do these episodes, we would always start with a historical reference. Okay. Like okay. We, we talk about ancient history. We talk about like the Revolutionary War or crazy things. And sometimes we would do that just because Mike and I like to hear ourselves talk for a little bit. And, and Rachel and I, when we were sort of brainstorming this show, we wondered if we should keep the historical references or perhaps move in a different direction. Like say, for example, we could do movie quotes, right? And since this is the first show, I thought like an appropriate movie quote might be Owen Wilson's character from Armageddon, Oscar, as he's getting strapped into a space shuttle to fly to an asteroid to land on and drill in it. He said, and I quote, I got that great, excited, scared feeling. Like 98% excited, 2% scared. Or maybe it's more, it, it could be two, it could be 98% scared, 2% excited, but that's what makes it so intense. I'm so, it's so confused. I can't really figure it out. Like that could be a good quote for like the first day of a, a training camp show, like the first day of a new show. Or we could do, we could do, I thought about doing Rachel's song lyrics, but like. Okay. But like, look, look at me. I'm like middle-aged white dude. Like they're going to skew like 80s total, like washed dad references. Yeah. But I mean, do we really need to target the 80s washed up dad demo? I mean, we could do variety. We could do a variety. So what I was thinking, Rachel, is we could put it to a vote for the gentle listeners. Do they want the, the historical references to continue? In which case, I also thought a good idea was to like, do the historical references, but get them wrong by design just to make Mike angry. I like that a lot. Because <laughs> nothing nothing gets Michael Kissed angrier than people that get historical references wrong. Of course, if we did that, though, our DMs would be filled with just Michael yelling at us to read a book. Sure. So, so maybe that isn't what we should do. But I do think we could put it to a vote. Historical references, sod lyrics, movie quotes, something else. But I, I think it'd be nice to let the gentle listeners have a say in what we do at the top of the show. I think that's a great idea. We want to know what you want to hear. So let us know. Make sure you guys comment, leave a review and let us know what do you want to hear. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I have a feeling the intentionally wrong historical references might be where people go just because people want to see Michael Kiss get angry. And I'm fine with that. Well, for sure. We definitely want to hear Mike yeah. chime in. Yeah. But yeah, so we're just going to, you know, hop right into it. Uh, the news that's been buzzing all over, which is extremely relevant to the Philadelphia Eagles, and that's Carson Wentz. And the recent foot injury report that we saw, um, seeing that he's expected to be out from five to 12 weeks, possibly. Which is like, are doctors just like that clueless? I'm, I mean, I'm generally scared of doctors anyway, but five to 12 weeks? So broad, like yeah. What kind of window is that? I'm confused. I'm very confused. But I feel like maybe there's something they're just not telling us. Like, that is so broad. Like, come on, yeah. we need a little bit more information. But we also found out that it's supposed to be a injury that's dating back to, like, his high school, which is also very, very strange. It has me questioning, like, all of these years, you know, right. like, that was so long ago. All of these years, nobody ever came across that injury. They Nobody ever saw this issue. 
Why not? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Like, you know, th- these prospects go through such a barrage of tests through the combine, right? The medical checks and the rechecks. Nobody found this injury. Like, again, I'm not a doctor. I'm yeah. a lawyer, a former lawyer, a bad former lawyer, which makes oh, me a bad and even worse former doctor because lawyers like to pretend that they're doctors. But when you need a surgery that requires a bone to be removed yes. from your foot, don't you think at some point somebody would say, your foot looks a little weird or he didn't remember it? You would think. Like, right? At some point it's going to come up. So yeah, now once it's hurt, and of course with the Eagles, that might rec- you know look at the draft pick they're going to get. Mm-hmm. Because let's say he does miss the 12 games, the upper end of that ridiculously broad spectrum. They're not getting that first round pick. They're only going to get a second, yep. which of course, then, you know, if you're thinking the Eagles might be in the quarterback market, depending on how Jalen Hurts does this season, right. it's hard to trade up if you only have a second instead of that extra first. So that's going to be interesting to watch. I'm very curious. And I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Yes. What do the Colts do? Like, do they trade? Do they like, cross their fingers and hope it's five weeks and just ride with Jacob Eason? Do they make a trade? You know, that's where the sort of broad spectrum five to 12 weeks comes in because you'd think they'd want to make an informed decision. Okay. It's going to be a long time. You're going to go get somebody or it's just going to be five weeks. We'll ride it out. What do you think they do? I think that is very scary. I mean, I feel like they're going to definitely try to be optimistic. I mean, they brought him in, right? They reunited him with Frank Wright. They're yep. expecting him to save the day, to come in and be the savior, right? right. It's like at the end of the day, injury is serious that's a big deal like if he can't return in the time that they want him to all they can do is rely on Jacob Eason that's a scary thought because how much does he actually really have like none you know and he didn't it's not like he played a ton in college like he had you know he played a bit as a freshman then he had the starting job but then he got hurt Jake Fromm comes in he gets you know he transfers to Washington he has to sit out a season has the one year as a starter didn't play at all last year and I thought it was interesting I saw from bet online like odds on the next Colts starting quarterback. And obviously Easton was the favorite, but sitting there at number two, you know, Easton was like minus 125. And again, I'm an idiot. I don't know how odds work like that. I should probably <laughs> learn that. But sitting there at the next favorite at plus 300 yeah. is a familiar face yeah. in Nick Foles. Yeah. Yes. And do the Colts do like, do the Colts go down that road? Like say, you know, they start seeing the rehab, they start seeing Wentz and it's going to be longer. Maybe it's eight, 10 weeks. Do they dare go down that road, Rachel, of saying, Carson, look, you're hurt again. Right. We're going to go get Nick Foles. You know how much drama that would cause? I mean, it'd be great for the content. Yeah, it would. But it, would give, think- it would give us stuff to talk about all the time. For sure. You know, yeah. how much, the amount of attention the Eagles, the Colts have been in the news recently. It's just yeah. adding fuel to the fire. I don't think we yeah. need, but I feel like they don't have a choice. Like there's not enough time right now to develop Jacob Eason into the quarterback they want him to be. So that might be an option. Is it a good you, option for the chemistry within the team? Probably no. not. I mean, what does that do? I mean, again, we're going down the road here, yeah. but yeah. say they trade for Nick Foles mm-hmm. and say Foles actually plays extremely well. And Carson comes back, he's ready, but the team's got like a winning record. They're like six and two or whatever. We have another That's scary. We have another yeah. Philly, uh, scenario. He, yeah. Carson is going to be unhappy again. And it's kind of like, what was the point? Yeah. What, what was like, you know, deja vu all over again. All and the, over other thing, again. the other thing to remember is it's not like the Colts have an easy schedule. This probably gets us to the Jacob Eason. Do you play him or not? They start with, okay, Seattle at home, the Rams on the road the Titans at home, the Dolphins on the road, the Ravens at home. 
That's five games to open the season, four playoff teams and the Dolphins who just missed out and everybody thinks they're going to be in the playoff mix. That's not exactly like opening up against the Texans and the Jaguars of the world. Like those are five games they could lose. And assess the tone. You know what I mean? They're they're in a bad spot. And Quinton Nelson, their offensive guard, one of the best players in the league, he's hurt too. Yes. Like this is a nightmare start for Indianapolis. It is. But it feels like it's been a nightmare start in a lot of different teams. And I'm like, I don't know if it's just, it's just a part of COVID and everything that's going on, but I'm like, what is going on right now? And it seems like every other day something is breaking. And I'm just like. Yeah. And, and we're recording this on Tuesday the 3rd. Yes. They're just starting to put the pads on. Yes. And so we're going to see injuries. Like there was a scary situation down in Carolina. A receiver over the middle got hit, had to get carted off. They ejected the safety that hit him. So injuries are going to mount, which also we might see more quarterback injuries. Yeah. And so if you're the Colts, like if you're going to make a trade, like sooner rather than later, because let's say another quarterback goes down. Right. We get the Dak Prescott situation down in Dallas. Now he's expected to be okay. But what if Dallas decides – yeah, this is lingering a little bit. We want to make a move. And suddenly right. the asking price for Nick Foles or Gardner Minshew goes up. And you're like, in a, imagine being in a bidded war over yeah. Gardner Minshew. Yes. You don't like, want to be there. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. It's definitely interesting, but I'm at a place right now where, you know, we this is so significant to the Eagles. And after everything that the Eagles fans have been going through these last few years with this news about Carson Wentz, should they be throwing in the towel this early? Like, should we already uh, be losing hope because of the possibility that we're not going to get a first round pick? People were so excited. And now this news comes out and it's like, you know, F it at this point. Like, right. Yeah, I mean, and I, I think it also, in a way, sort of puts more pressure on Jalen Hurts, right? Because a lot of the reason for the excitement was, look, Eagles are going to get that extra first-round pick. You know, if Hurts plays well, great. Like, then we could use that at a different position. Like, But if right. Hurts doesn't play well this season, okay, now we've got that extra draft capital where we could go up to the top of the board, make sure we get the quarterback we want, whether it's Spencer Rattler, Sam Howell, Malik Willis. Like, it could be a fun draft class at the quarterback position. But now – with the idea that, look, unless Carson Wentz has an incredible recovery period, you're not going to get that extra first. Then it's like, okay, Jalen, like we need you to pan out. We need you to be the quarterback we hope you can be. Now, what we're going to be talking about over the next couple of weeks and a couple of months is whether Jalen Hurts is that guy or not. And I think like, you know, we and I talked before we started recording the show and over the past couple of weeks, there's reasons to be optimistic. But at the same time, you have to be real about it. Like he's a second year quarterback who was a second round draft pick who was very up and down last year. And yes, last year was a different set of circumstances, a little bit of a different offense. You're stepping in in the middle of the season. You had COVID, so you didn't get a full training camp. But there's a lot of pressure now on this kid, don't you think? I think so for sure. And it's sad because of the situation that he was put in. It wasn't like, you know, he came in and as soon as like, he started his second season, he got the opportunity. Like he was thrown into the mix, you know, what his rookie season towards the end of the season when it was a lot going on and he was kind of like thrown in to pick up the pieces, you know, yeah. so it was kind of like everybody's basing off of last season and his performance. But I feel like that's not fair. That no. is not fair. And the off, we all know that the offense was designed for Carson Wentz. So trying to get him in the mix within four games, how is that even possible? You know, no, it's, like give them a little bit of grace. It's yeah. Like, like, 
Yeah, no, and I, I would, I'm on the same page as you. I mean, I, I think, you know, the Eagles as an organization, they have to do everything they can this season to put Jalen Hurts in a position to be successful, to give him a fair evaluation. Like, I don't think it's right to base, you know, is he the guy or not off of last year? I think you have to give him a full body of work this year, see what he can do under Nick Sirianni, see what he can do with the weapons they have in place, see what year two of Jalen Ragor looks like, for example, see what it looks like with the receivers that they have around and Quez Watkins and everybody else. And then look, at the end of this, this upcoming season, then you can make a decision. Now, right. but we all know how this works. It's a reason why we do this show. People yeah. are going to live and die with every throw. People are going to live and die yeah. with every read, every decision, every interception. You and I are going to spend every week, you know, breaking it all down for the gentle listeners and saying, look, this is why he's been good. This is why he's been bad. But as in life and football, there are a lot of gray areas, you know? Right. And so I do think that, you know, we should caution people, be patient in terms of areas where I'd like to see him improve. And I'm curious your thoughts on this as well. He has to get faster with his decisions. Like, like you know, you look at film, you look at next gen stats. Like I pulled it up this morning. Nobody was slower in terms of time to throw in the NFL last year than Jalen Hurts, 3.1 seconds from snap to finish. And, you know, there are reasons for that. There's inexperience. There's trying to read defenses. Some of it was schematic well, as well as the fact that he's athletic. He can buy a little bit of time with his legs and things like that to give himself more time to make reads and decisions. But that has to get faster. Like, yeah. I think, you know, as far as things to look at, things to watch for, I want to see that number get under three. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, both schematically in terms of doing things to get receivers open, but also I need to see him just make quicker decisions. That will show us that the game is speeded up for him. He started to read concepts better. He's reading route coverages better and things like that. So that's what I want to see first and foremost. Everybody asks me, you know, and I'm sure you get this too, you know, what stats do you want to see, right? Touchdowns or completions. I, that's what I want to see. I want to see decision-making. I don't care so much about the just production numbers. That would be great. I want to see that. But what about you? I agree 100% because I feel like we all know that he's a mobile quarterback. Like we know that he can move, yeah. you know, but at the end of the day, that's not all. It's kind of like a uh, Seamus Clancy just did a from the bleachers episode and he was comparing Jalen Hurts to Lamar Jackson. Kind of like, can he become a quarterback like Lamar? And we know that Lamar Jackson gets a lot of scrutiny, like a lot of downplay because, yeah, he's quick, but it's like his accuracy, you know, like, can he throw the ball when he right. can he make that decision? So I'm and I think it was interesting, um, pretty much like how they were talking about it on from the bleachers is it's pretty much the same thing. Like you were just saying, like, can he make that decision? It's like the intelligence. Yeah. The aspect yeah, of it. Exactly. And, and that will come with time, yeah. you know, which is again why he needs to get the full season, right? Because let's let's be honest, he's now three years. He was under Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma. Now last year he was under you know Doug Peterson in that offense. Now this year, Nick Sirianni's offense. And while there are overlaps, there will be some things conceptually that Sirianni does, mesh, levels, flood, things like that, that are, you know, you can see it in Peterson's offense, you can see it in Lincoln Riley's offense. That's three different play callers in three seasons going back yeah. to college. That's a lot for any quarterback. And you know, the big thing that all of us in football media, we want to find the next whatever, right? The next Tom Brady, the next Dak Prescott, the next Lamar Jackson. Everybody wants to find the next Josh Allen, you know, the quarterback that's gonna make that huge leap from what he was a season ago to what he is this past this season and you know there are a lot of reasons why josh allen made that leap last year but one of them was he had the same offensive coordinator the entire time he's been in the nfl and brian dable that makes such a huge difference but when you're trying to learn a new playbook and i'm dipping away for a second but yeah. <laughs> 
these are these are playbooks. This is a huge playbook. They're big binders. Okay. Like there's a lot to learn there. And you know, if you're trying to do that for the third time in three summers, that's a lot for any quarterback, let alone a second year player. And also the NFL draft process is the world's longest and strangest job interview because you go from planning in a bowl game to workouts, to meetings, to trying to learn eight different NFL playbooks to show coaches that you can learn this stuff. That's a lot. Yeah. That's why you see a lot of quarterbacks from year one to year two have a leap because they finally get one playbook as big as that binder is to learn yeah. over the course of an off season. So yeah. now, yes, Sirianni sort of got hired a little bit, you know, wasn't like it's the same playbook, but that's also something to keep in mind here. The sort of difference between the different offenses he was running. And so that alone could sort of speed him up, sort of the knowledge base with the new offense and having some time to learn it. And I think it's crazy because a lot of times when you're a fan or even like, you know, media and you're just covering the game, we are so quick to try to grade these quarterbacks like oh this is what they need to be doing and whatever but I'm actually reading this book right now shout out to Michael Kiss and Rob Stats Guerrero they recommended it and it's called um keep your eye like keep your eyes off take your eyes off the ball take your eyes off by the Pat Kerwin yeah it's a fantastic book Rachel it's a fantastic book just started it and I'm on the chapter right now about the quarterback and that's what it starts off talking about like this is definitely one of the toughest sports in I mean toughest positions in sports. Yeah. And it, everybody it, thinks they know it better than the quarterback, but a lot of it comes down to off the field, like right. researching, studying, and learning the book. You know, yeah. And, and what's what I love to tell people about the quarterback position, like when you study like you know wide receivers, when you study like tight ends for the draft, we often call those sort of like a, a snap to whistle position, right? Like you're evaluating the player in terms of what happens on the play. Like, can he make the block? Can he make the route, the catch? Can he run the route? I call quarterback like a meeting room to whistle position because you have to really put in the work during, you know, the week practices, learning the playbook, learning the routes, the coverages, because Ultimately, you are responsible for the other 10 players on the field. So you don't just have to know your route or your block. Like if you're walking to the line of scrimmage and the, the rookie tight end comes over, he's like, Jalen, what the heck am I doing on this play? you got to know the answer to that. Exactly. Otherwise, you're burning the time out. And the other thing to remember, and I've written about this a ton, and again, mm -hmm. I was the worst backup quarterback. I was the worst quarterback in all of college football the years, 1996 to 1999, like period, full stop. I was horrifically bad. Okay. But when you're trying to do all of that and get to the line of scrimmage and get everybody lined up and read the defense and make the right decision and make sure everybody's doing the right motions and things like that, and then the safety spent the snap, you try to figure out is it cover one or cover two, there's anywhere from three to eight people on the other line of scrimmage that want to put you in the hospital. Okay, sure. yeah. so you're trying to basically perform surgery while yeah. people are trying to put you in the hospital. Yeah, and so you better know the playbook. It's 3.11 seconds was Jalen Hurts' time to throw from snap to release last year, and he was the slowest in the NFL. Rachel, fastest Ben Roethlisberger, 2.3 seconds. 2.3 seconds. That's crazy. That's that. That's like the light turning yellow to green to red. Like, yeah. and you've got to decide what coverage it is. What route do I throw it? Oh, by the way, Aaron Donald is about to kill me. Yes. Like, <laughs> and, and people say like Ted Williams, like Hall of Fame baseball player, Hall of Fame hitter, hitting the baseball is the hardest thing to do on, on all sports. Okay. Yeah, maybe. 
but try hitting a baseball when Aaron Donald is trying to kill you. Like it's completely different. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It's Everybody just relax. Yeah. Relax about Jalen Hurts. Like have well, some patience. We need to see him perform, but right. okay, we're in the midst of training camp. And I've been reading like some of the training camp notes, listening to BGN radio, their recaps. And so far he, I think they said yesterday was like one of his best days, but they said he wasn't performing. But is this like a determining factor? How he's performing in, in training camp? No. Should people be worried? Because he hates perception, <laughs> you know? Absolutely not, Rochelle. And again, not to say that Jalen Hurts is Patrick Mahomes or anything like that. Yeah. But let's let's rewind it, you know, rewind, go back a little bit. A couple of years ago, his first traded camp as a, as a projected starter, Patrick Mahomes is throwing interceptions left, right, over the middle, like everywhere. People are like, man, he's going to be a bust. Like he can't read the field. He's throwing all these interceptions. What do you go? What out one, you know, all these awards, threw up ridiculous passive numbers. They made it to the AFC Championship game. He looked like Patrick Mahomes. He was ending up on the cover of Madden. Training camp is the time to make mistakes. It's the time to learn things. For quarterbacks, it's the time to see what you can and cannot get away with. You know, you you want to make mistakes, but you want to then learn from them. Yeah. So the idea that, like, he's throwing a lot of interceptions or he's making a lot of mistakes, I'm okay with it now. I'm going to be okay with it if he goes out and gets the Steelers in their first preseason game and, and throws an interception or two. Even if he throws interceptions in the third, you know, the final preseason game, the dress rehearsal one, that's fine. Yeah. I'm only going to start overreacting if it gets to be, like, week eight, week nine, week ten. And the mistakes we saw at the start of the season – are sort of replicated and duplicated near the last half, the final couple of weeks of the season, right? right? You know, everybody likes to think the quarterback development is this nice little linear, okay? It's not. Yeah. Think about your own development, whatever you do, right? Are you the same person at 25 that you were at 21, right. at 27 that you were at 21? It sort of goes up and down. Like you have good days, bad days, good weeks, bad weeks. It's the same for quarterback. Development's not linear. And yeah. so, again, thinking about where we want to see Jalen Hurts at the end of the season, I want to see a guy that's making faster decisions, better decisions, and not making the mistakes he was making at the start of the, uh, the, start of the season. So this idea that we're going to overreact to training camp, resist it. Don't yeah. overreact to training camp, guys and girls. Like, it's training camp. Let them make mistakes. What you want to see is week eight, week nine, week 10, week 11. Is he making the same mistakes he was at the start of the year? If so, then we might have a problem, and you and I can talk about it then. But if not, he's on the right path. I like that. And like you mentioned, 1% better every day. Yeah. No, it's not yeah, it, overnight. You know? No, and there will be games where, okay, say he goes out weeks one, two, or three, and he plays extremely well. He might have a clunker in week four, and that's okay as long as he learns from that. It's, it's you know, everything's like a learning lesson in life, right? And so if he has a bad game in week four, how does he respond to that? How does he respond to having the, you know, to face the media after a three interception game and suddenly saying, oh, they're going to go in all in for Spencer Rattler now. They're going to tank the season for Spencer Rattler. How does he respond then in week five? Does he come out and make those same mistakes or has he learned from it? That's what I want to see. This, this is a learning curve year because, look, all the chuckleheads like me and us, they're saying this isn't a good roster. Like They're going to be a bottom five talent-wise. The expectation should be, are they getting better? Because like at the, if at the end of the season, we could say Jalen Hurts developed and got better and learned from his mistakes and he's a better quarterback now than he was at the start of the year, then okay, you use that second rounder from the Wentz deal, which we expect it to be on a receiver or a tight end or an offensive lineman or linebacker or whatever, and you start to build the offense around him. If we can't answer that question in a positive way, then we can start talking about why Spencer Rattler is QB1 or something. I think that's good. And I think a lot of people 
are coming in with this expectation that the Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl this year. And nobody's saying that, you know, anything right. is possible, anything is possible. But I think really they're just focusing on rebuilding. Like they're really trying to uh, like get it together after yeah. these last few seasons. So it's kind of just like that was the point of bringing, you know, Jalen Hurst and hopefully, I mean, we're hoping that he's QB1. They haven't really said it yet, but as QB1 putting him in that place, you know, just to start working towards the franchise that they're trying to be. Yeah, I mean, look, you're right. Anything's possible. I mean, that would be fantastic for us to get this car car a Super Bowl run. Um, You know, but I I think the main thing is, like you said, sort of this has to be like a two or three or four year plan, right? Like, you know, expectations shouldn't be that this team's going to win the Super Bowl. Although, look, the NFL season and draft and everything that's manufactured hope, it gives everybody the belief that, look, we're the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're going to go win the Super Bowl now with Trevor Lawrence. Like, we all get to sort of have that hope in our teams. But this has to be sort of a movement towards building this roster to contend in 2022, 2023, and beyond. And it does start with getting Jalen Hurts in position to be successful. And we'll see that over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, definitely. And I think one thing that I'm super excited about with this show, particularly, is I'm going to admit I'm not a QB expert. Well, neither am I. So we're we're both on the good page. Here you are. So it's like I'm going to continue to learn throughout this show. Like you're teaching me things already and we're only on show one. So that's exciting. So I want to throw that out there to like the listeners. Like, you know, if you guys have questions, you know, submit those questions because I don't know everything, you know, we're just learning as we go. So I just, absolutely. And that's why the show is going to be a ton of fun. And, you know, again, for all questions, we're excited to get questions. We're excited to talk about those, particularly as we start getting into games. And if people have questions like what happened on this play, what happened on that play, that's sort of, you know, fun stuff to talk about too. Um, And of course, vote on what we should do at the start of the show, movie reference, song lyrics, making fun of Michael Kist, all of the above. We're going to have fun with that too, because look, let's face it. We all love making fun of Michael Kist. It's it's what gives us life. He's the best. He's definitely the brains behind all of this. So shout out to him because- Absolutely. None of this would be possible, but it is is fun having fun with uh, Michael Kist for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean- that's really all I have for this episode so far. This was really just like, you know, the kickoff. We want to know what you guys want to know. There's a lot of content that's been dropping on the VGN feed so far this week um, in regards to training camp. Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky have been putting out episodes every single day. So we're cranking out the content for you guys. Uh, so make sure that you guys are on the lookout for, you know, the content that we're going to be continuing to drop throughout the remainder of training camp. Mark Schofield, where can our listeners find you on social media? Well, you can find me, Rachelle, on the Bird app, on the Stakem app, whatever you want to call it, at Mark Schofield. Obviously, here here at the Quarterback Factory with Rachelle. And again, I am so excited for the show. I'm so excited to do it, Rachelle. She is fantastic. She's brilliant. She's amazing. Please follow her. She She's being nice. She's the brains behind the operation right now. She's the quarterback guru. I'm just kind of here to sort of try to hold my own over the next couple of weeks, but I couldn't be happier to do the show with Rachel. It's going to be a blast. And, you know, let us know what you want us to do at the top of the show. But Rachel, this has been awesome. I can't wait for this season. It definitely has. And I'm excited for it. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Rachel Monique. Um, and also follow BGN. You know, like I said, we're putting out the content for you guys, you lovely, loyal listeners. So any last words? Um, stay happy, stay positive, kids, and uh, go Eagles. I like that. All right. That's a wrap. It's a shot. <laughs>